We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 31 of Gaming with the Moms. I have successfully disposed of Nicole Tanner, finally. <laughs> now I am the host, and you're next, Linda Brenneman. <laughs> I'm joined today by Linda Brenneman, uh, managing editor of Pixelkin.org, and Courtney Holmes, who works at a desk next to me. I don't know what she does. I'm the associate managing editor. And you say that. By the way, Nicole is still managing editor and oh. publisher. What are you so – do you even work you here still? <laughs> Okay, but you know who is most important is our guest, (laughs) Stephen Dutzman, editor-in-chief of Engaged Family Gaming. Right. That's right. When you run the show, you get to give yourself fancy titles. That's right. (laughs) So I am now actually queen uh, world manager, Simone de Rochefort. Um, Oh, you're talking about you running your own show at your own website that you run. Do you want to tell (laughs) us a little bit about Engaged Family Gaming? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, So... Anybody listening to your podcast should be familiar with at least the basic format. Uh, I'm a, We are a website that's been in operation for a little more than two years. We review family-friendly video games. We also do board games. That's how we kind of differentiate ourselves from everybody else. We have basically two pillars of our coverage. I'm a one-man show on the video game side, and then I have a whole team of volunteers that play board games. Because believe it or not, that's an intense market, and it's growing every day. Um and I have been – this is just bucket list stuff to finally be on the show with you guys. I've been listening since episode one. I've been big fans Aww. of all of you guys since I was randomly contacted by your social media person. <laughs> and I was like, wait, like how about rather than me publishing some stuff on my site, how about like I meet you guys because we, we, we are kindred spirits. I'm yes. so happy to have you on the show. You're one of the you were I mean your website was actually around before ours and you uh I think it's awesome what you do. So I'm so happy that you're finally here with us and that we get to talk later in the episode about all of the holiday recommendations that we have for people which will make their eyes roll back in their heads. But first, uh let's go through some news. So, Activision Blizzard started their own TV and film production studio called Activision Blizzard Studios, and they are going to be putting out not only a series of Call of Duty films, but also a Skylanders TV show, <laughs> which if you didn't see that coming, I, I don't know what you're, what you're doing with your lives. Maybe you're trying to avoid the unpleasant truth that Skylanders is just blowing up all around us. Uh, so they actually hired uh, Nick Van Dyke, who is a former senior executive of Disney. So it's, it kind of seems like they're trying to emulate what Marvel Studios did with having control of all their IPs so that they can create different they can they can basically manage how those stories are told in any medium um, TV is a really good obvious choice for Skylanders yeah that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. they have so many different voice actors in the game and then the just the general tone and style of that game seems like it's been waiting for this all along every single cutscene in Skylanders is like a freaking half hour TV show episode <laughs> so I I I think that was my first impression of Skylanders because the when I first started playing it it started with this incredibly long cutscene, involved animated cutscene, and I was like, I'm basically just watching kids' TV here. Uh, Good kids' TV, very funny kids' TV, but this is definitely a smart move for them. And so they have Justin Long voicing Spyro (laughs) in the show, which 
I don't. Do you guys remember Justin Long? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm a Mac. I don't. How he, how are we supposed to know Justin Long? He he's the actor who was the a Mac in the Mac and PC commercials mm-hmm. a million years ago. Um, and he was in oh, the Die Hard. I love Live Free him. Die Hard. Was that number four or five? No. I think it was I five. Stephen, do you six. remember which one it was? <laughs> Live Free Die no. Hard. Are you a Die Hard? No. Fan? You know what? Believe it or not, I'm. I I am not. A, it looks like just looking. I, I brought up his IMDb. <laughs> he is on uh, live. He's it's it was live for your die high. Di, di, die I high. Can't talk. <laughs> sorry to your sorry to your producer. Um, <laughs> the important thing that he was because I don't know that like I, I don't know that that would be the biggest thing that he's done. I mean he's a he's a bit actor, right? So mm-hmm. the most I know him from the new girl. Oh, he was okay. one of, oh, yeah. He was one of the boyfriends. He was the boyfriend, Paul. Remember the one that she, like, freaked out because she got all weird and got nervous? Well, she's always weird, but he's the one that she that was really into her, and she weirded him out, made him quit. You, if you look I up Justin Long, he's been you'll absolutely know this guy. Okay. I, I know him from the, the Dodgeball movie. See, was my reaction when I saw <laughs> that he was in the, the TV series was, oh, my God, I forgot that he existed for, like, five years. But I guess if you've been watching New Girl – you have been up to date on Justin Long's doings. More importantly, Ashley Tisdale, who plays Sharpay in High School Musical, will be playing Stealth Elf. And uh, Norm MacDonald will be playing Glumshanks. I believe he also plays Glumshanks in the game. No word yet on whether Patrick Warburton will be reprising his role as Finn. Or more importantly, Richard Horvitz will be playing Chaos, a.k.a. basically Invader Zim. Um, so that's honestly what I'm waiting on. If they get those two actors, that would be great. Um, Norm Macdonald is fantastic, and he's lately he's been wasted on those KFC commercials. So I'm glad he's getting better work. <laughs> I never, it's not like Activision doesn't have dollars. So yeah. <laughs> that will be a problem. Shell out for Patrick Warburton. So, yeah, that's what's going on there. Um, Disney Infinity for Apple TV came out today. And this is kind of interesting to me. They The version of Disney Infinity 3.0 for Apple TV, it comes with the SteelSeries Nimbus controller, which is the one that Apple has basically been promoting as, hey, get this if you want to do serious gaming on the Apple TV and don't want to use the remote. Um, so Disney Infinity is coming bundled with this, which is pushing the price of the Disney Infinity starter pack up to $100 from $64.99. So you are getting $15 off this controller um, when all the math is worked out, but you're also paying quite a bit more for Disney Infinity. That's a lot more. It is a lot more. And if you compare it to Skylander Superchargers, they're using the same starter pack that they use for other iOS devices for Apple TV. It comes with a Bluetooth controller that's like Skylander's branded, and it costs exactly the same amount as you would for the PS4. So I'm like, what? Maybe they saw Disney, or no, not Disney, Lego Dimensions charging $99 and figured they could get away with it. <laughs> They're like, wait, Maybe. there's a market for this. My my thinking here is that the only person this benefits, besides Skylanders, who is competing with Disney, the only person this benefits is really SteelSeries and Apple, because I think that the people who are buying the Apple TV for streaming are not the people who are probably buying a controller to play games as well. But if the game is bundled or if the controller is bundled with a game that is going to be incredibly popular with families, that is a a chance for them to get the controller into people's hands and I guess spread the gospel. Yeah, it makes sense. Who do you think is the target audience for the Apple TV in general? Like Apple products tend to be kind of expensive high end stuff, Mm -hmm. but then 
once you bring in the whole TV aspect, you can. They're kind of. I don't know. It seems like they're going for a bigger audience there. I I think it's. I have, oh, go on. Go, go, why don't you go ahead, Simone? I've got some thoughts on that. But you no, were, I actually want to hear your thoughts. I was just going to ramble. <laughs> All right. Well, so I, I I did some thinking about this when you sent me the show notes, and I. It caught me by surprise, too. I didn't even check the price when I knew that it was coming out. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even look at it. I took it for granted that I just assumed that they would follow Skylander's lead and it would be the same price. Mm-hmm. But the more I think about it, um, first, this is you know, Apple products, and this is by default an Apple product by nature of the fact that it's on store shelves and it's for Apple TV. They are premium products. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it's probably going to be in the Apple store, things like that. So I... I Part of me thinks that they were less concerned about a higher price point by nature of the fact that everything Apple is expensive. Yeah. Um, that might just be, that's just a stab in the dark justification. I still think it might be a little dumb. But as far as their market, one of the issues that we have to take into account here is the only people who would possibly be buying this are people who all who are buying the Apple TV. Um because you don't have another console. I mean, if you had an Xbox One or a PS4 or a Wii U, you would clearly buy it for that because it'll be cheaper. Mm-hmm. So as, so if you don't own a console but you bought an Apple TV because you're a streamer, you know, you're, you're doing the streaming, you've cut the cord as it were. Yeah. And, they, and your kid wants Skylanders, you now finally have that option. I mean, you had it with the tablet version, but having had some hands-on time with that, it really – Unless you had a really top-end iPad, it really wasn't – it chugged like crazy. Hmm. So the now you have a, a real legitimate chance to have it on what is essentially a gaming console. It's just a Trojan-horsed one in a way that <laughs> – I mean this is insane. I mean I don't know if you've seen the stuff from Polygon. I mean they talked about that. This this is basically its own little version of the Wii uh, mm-hmm. with, with its streams television. It's crazy. Sorry, you go that ahead. That is yeah. a really good point that you just made, which is – yeah, if you don't have a PS4 or an Xbox One, you are essentially, you know, saving $300 there if you're getting an Apple TV and Disney Infinity for that device. Yeah, I, so. I think it is really important that the iPad is sort of the gateway to the Apple TV, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, my folks watch a lot of TV, and they, when I was down there last time, they were saying they had an Apple TV. I'm like, you guys have an Apple TV? And it was because they have iPads that they love and play Candy Crush on and stuff. <laughs> and so then it was just a small step for them to go to the Apple TV. My mm-hmm. parents got their Apple TV because they had been signed up for Netflix for ages and ages, and I had been using all of their streaming, and they'd been doing the DVD. And then they wanted to get in on the streaming, and so, of course, my dad had to go with the most expensive one because he's an Apple groupie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Apple TV is going to be big, though, I think, and and more people gaming on it will be cool. I know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, so Nintendo is going to have, during the holiday season, some pop-up gaming centers in malls uh, to show off their games and Amiibos for holiday shoppers. Courtney, you said you went to a similar thing that Nintendo did last year. Do you want to talk about it a bit? Kind of. So uh, they weren't selling any products. It's really just... Uh, to promote their games uh, so you get a chance to play them and um, you can collect stickers and coupons and stuff and they're going to do giveaways. And I went to an event kind of like this called the Play Nintendo Tour that was at the Seattle Center about a year and a couple months ago. 
Um, and at that one, they had these, like, big sculptures where you could take pictures with them. There were a bunch of consoles out and then just a ton of Nintendo staff people just there and answering your questions. So it's basically a chance for you to go and play with the games or for kids to get their hands on the consoles and, you know, plead to their parents to go and buy them. Um, <laughs> they, they place it in malls intentionally because they want to get people who are already out and shopping and don't know maybe exactly what they want to get. Mm-hmm. You should get Splatoon. Here. <laughs> Why don't should. you try yes, you, should. you should. Splatoon you is a should. great game. That's not, that's, even, a... <laughs> that's not even a pretense. That's like literally you should go buy it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just the church of Splatoon spreading the gospel of Splatoon so that people will know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, how is Splatoon doing? I mean, it did really well during launch and everything. It's been a few months since Courtney and I have played it, so I've not been really paying attention. Yeah, I mean, I um, haven't been consistently playing it um, just because I don't have the time, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have been continuing to release new weapons and updates all the Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Are you keeping We still play it here. Nice. And how many kids do you have, Steven? I have three. Nine, seven, (gasps) and almost three. Oh, I didn't realize you had... Three. I forgot you had three, but I'll bet you didn't forget you had three. Well, no, I did not. But the last time we spoke, like in person, I had it was that was almost two years ago. So it was you know I had a baby, a baby, and yeah. two very little kids. So what I probably said is I have two kids of gaming age, but now I have a toddler who loves her Kindle Fire oh, and no. um, built-in playtesters, which is amazing. I have them working on Yokai Watch right now. Nice. <laughs> I'm totally going to ask you about Yokai Watch later. Um, Yokai Watch is actually one of the games that Nintendo will have at these mall events, along with Super Mario Maker, Splatoon, Yoshi's Woolly World, Skylander Superchargers, because of course they have the amiibo that go with that, um, and Super Smash Brothers for Wii U. And then for handheld games, they they have uh, Yokai Watch Happy Home Design or Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer. Mario Kart 7 and Triforce Heroes. Um, oh, that's a lot. Others. Yeah. I'm really surprised that they didn't headline Mario Tennis. Yeah, me It too. really feels like a slacking, like clearly this is the replacement that's that's been pushed in to slot in to replace Zelda, but man, they could market you, it you a little bit better. You could not replace Zelda with Mario Tennis. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but they're trying. I know they are. No, I'm laughing at Nintendo, not used to <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo, keep, like if they delay any more games, they should just like put a out of order sign on their headquarters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Courtney has been sad about, what was it? It was earlier this week where you were like, it's been a year since we've had news about the Zelda on yeah. Wii U. <laughs> it, yeah, in a couple of weeks it will have been an entire year since we've heard anything about the new Zelda game. That's, Are you gonna... That's not... That's not entirely true. We did hear that they were delaying it out of Q4. Oh, that's <laughs> true. My bad. I forgot that about the delay new. announcement. <laughs> I remember writing that article, and I, I'm not going to say I was crying because <laughs> that's not right. But I remember saying it and getting the press release while I was at a burger joint with my oldest son. We were oh, getting no. a cheeseburger, and I looked at him, and I was like, dude, they just delayed Zelda. And he was like, Dad, they can't delay Zelda. It's like the biggest oh. thing on the planet. And I was like, well, you're adorable. It's not true, but. <laughs> it should have been the biggest thing on the planet, but we get tennis. I love Mario Tennis. I'm, I want that game hard. It's just yeah, I'm uh, excited for Mario Tennis, but it I so I played a lot of the original Mario Tennis on N64, and I haven't played any of the other ones since then. But um, my and I liked the original one. It never 
compared to a lot of games that are out today, it doesn't quite feel complete to me. It almost feels sort of like a mini game. But I, I mean, feel free to correct me. Uh, I sunk hours into it, even though it wasn't a very complex game. Is there online multiplayer? Yes. Rather the than correct her, you should challenge her to a tennis match online oh. and kick are her we butt. Throwing, oh, I'm on. Are we throwing? On. The, are we throwing the gauntlet down now? I have <laughs> had plans um, to do a Nintendo decathlon. Oh. I'm in. Um, and <laughs> I, I've been challenging various people that I'm aware of. Now, if if you guys want in, I'm I mean, in. we can. Yeah. I'll, I will up. loop you in. <laughs> That's Cartney's, happening. Cartney's your woman, Steven. It's a date. Definitely. Uh, so a new gaming military charity was founded by Stephen Machuga, who was the founder of Operation Supply Drop, and he recently left that charity to start a new one, which has the same goal of basically sending consoles and video games and other gaming stuff to soldiers who are overseas. Uh, and it's called stackup.org. Uh, it can be found at stack-up.org. Uh, we're recording this on Veterans Day. Sorry, everyone who had to work on Veterans Day. Um, Linda, you wrote the article about stackup. Do you want to talk about it a bit? Yeah, stackup sounds, you know, pretty much exactly like Operation Supply Drop. Mm-hmm. Um, they supply games to both active duty, I think, and veterans. Um to kind of help them fill their time and um, enjoy actually communicating with people back home through games and all kinds mm-hmm. of cool stuff like that. And then they also will fly veterans to gaming conventions. Um, and there's a couple other activities they kind of do. It, it was a little bit confusing because Operation Supply Drop put out a press release about Captain Machuga leaving Operation Supply Drop and kind of wished him well and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, Captain Machuga put out a press release about why he left Operation Supply Drop. And it sounded like he left because he um, he didn't like the mission expanding beyond mm-hmm. just the video game mission in Operation Supply Drop. So they're apparently kind of broadening their yeah. activities. And he just wants to stick with the video game thing. Yeah, I think in the original interview he did with Polygon a few years ago, I think it was two years ago now, he talked about how being deployed overseas is this ridiculous mix of having downtime, 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 and then being put through intense action for a short period of time before just having downtime for a long time. And it, like it's really stressful for soldiers. It's really confusing. And video games can help their mental health, um, give them something to do, keep them active mentally. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an awesome mission. And, yeah. Their first fundraising campaign is called Hashtag... No more socks, I think. And I can relate that, to that. It kind of refers, <laughs> kind of refers to um, when the soldiers are abroad and they get sent packages and it, they just get socks all the time. Oh and yeah, because so no he, one knows what to say. Right, right. So he wanted he wanted to kind of raise awareness that really you're helping out more if you send things like video games. Mm-hmm. They should um, send their socks to me. I need socks. <laughs> wow, Courtney. Sorry. <laughs> no, the, awesome mission. I yeah, yeah, it's a great cool. mission. Yeah. And I literally just wrote, (laughs) okay, J.J. Abrams' studio is putting out a game called Spy Jinx. And Linda, you wrote about this. So under the topic heading, I just wrote, Linda, Uh, as if I should ask you, what the heck is going on here? Well, there's not a whole lot to report about it yet. It's um, um, Bad Robot, which is J.J. Abrams' production company, is Mm -hmm. teaming up with 
a video game studio called Share, which is a subsidiary of Epic Games, and Mm -hmm. they're creating a game called Spy Jinx. And they won't say much about it except that it has some role-playing. It's got some action. There's some world building. Will there be lens flare? <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably. <you> know <laughs> I know, but you can sign up for the beta on their website, which right. is kind of cool. And then they said they were going to shape the game during the beta phase, which to me says maybe they really don't even know what they're making yet exactly, but they have ideas. And mm-hmm. I guess it's exciting that somebody like J.J. Abrams is making a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you going to say something, Stephen? No, I was actually just agreeing. I, th- I was agreeing with the lens flare comment. I, I all but guarantee there will be at least one because, th- I mean, he's at least acknowledged it I as just... being like his thing. So it, you might as well roll with it. If I if I had that kind of thing that was my thing, I would <laughs> You're stylistic. Every- you should put a lens flare in, like, in each of your articles just like as people scroll down, this beautiful <laughs> lens flare animation across the screen. And they're like, whoa. Doesn't J.J. Abrams also do the the red sphere? That's like one of his things. It's like, what is a red sphere? A red, there's a large bright red sphere makes it into all of his televisions and movies. You should look out for it. It's like an Easter egg. <laughs> like in in the first Star uh, Star Trek movie, that was there was the big red blob which uh, Spock like sub- pulled out a little bubble from it, and then somehow it was going to help him turn a black hole into a star again. I don't know. That um, plot was really science. confusing. <laughs> <Hashtag> <laughs> <But> science. <laughs> But I did watch a thing about him um, manually shaking the camera for this first Star Trek movie. So he oh, does a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> I, it actually showed him shaking the camera up and down to make the the, the thing look, I don't know, more realistic or I, something. You should made, hire me. I can do that easily. I know. I was thinking. <laughs> I could have shook the camera. I am very excited for The Force Awakens. Should we talk about The Force Awakens? <laughs> It's Just not really good. Um, <laughs> anyone, anyone who listens to engage a family gaming podcast, my mm-hmm. podcast will have been sick of me talking about Star Wars by now. <laughs> but hey, what else? Let's do it. All Let's right. expose a new audience to your feelings about the Force Awakens. So I'll I'll make it fast so as to not drive everyone insane. Um, I am more excited than I have any reason to be, and part of that <laughs> is because I did not watch. The Star Wars movies until last year. <gasps> Ever? Any of them? Ooh. Ever. None of them. Wow. So, so here's – and so you're like you're, – you're thinking like, wait, so I'm friends with him on Facebook. I know he's 35. How is it possible that a 35-year-old self-identifying nerd has not watched Star Wars? And I get to ask that. Well, not anymore. Before, <laughs> I was asked it all the time. And the, the, the Cliff Notes version is my parents were not fans. Mm-hmm. And so I never, they never had it on tape and I didn't have cable when it was on HBO and all those channels like every day. Uh-huh. I missed all that. And by the time I moved to a place where there was cable, my, my father's a minister. So I kind of, I'm not quite a military brat. It's different <laughs> significantly, <laughs> but I went where he went. So by the time we moved someplace with cable, uh, I, Star Trek The Next Generation was two seasons in, so it had caught its stride. And I, that was the point in time where nerds were their own individual armies, right? We didn't realize that if we all joined forces, we could take over the world. Yeah. So I was a Star Trek guy. So that meant by default, I had to hate Star Wars. Oh. And so I told everyone I hated Star Wars. And I knew enough because, I mean, Luke, I am your father. Or spoilers, <laughs> I guess. But, right? So I knew enough to end... 
that was good enough with most people that I knew until I was exposed to the internet. And Facebook exposed me to people that were way smarter than me who eventually figured out that I hadn't seen the movies. Oh, no. Um, and then I got destroyed because that's how the internet oh. works. <laughs> Your friends destroyed well, you? not necessarily my friend. Well, I mean, you guys are on my Facebook wall on occasion. You know that my friends, that they, they are not afraid to tell me when I am wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay. I do the same. But in a nice way. It's lovely. <laughs> but when, when they started these new movies, I looked at myself and I said, you know, I – I have an, I'm going to have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old when this movie comes out. And they are a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old boy. Like the marketing lasers will be pointed at them so hard that at that point, they're going to ask me questions. And as far as I'm concerned, as a parent, like as someone that's participating in media, et cetera, it's inexcusable for me to not know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I, there's a whole article on my site that I talk about the, the dangers of just saying, I don't know. Because that's just – that's a cop-out. You know, I think that there's enough ways to get information that it's easy to just look up what a Pokemon is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to saying I have no idea. So I, I sat down and I said, honey, to my wife, I'm going to watch all six movies on uh, May the 4th. And last year <laughs> on May the 4th, I borrowed somebody's Blu-rays and I watched all six of them in a row in chronological order. So, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Mm. Okay. The re- the reason was yeah the theater release schedule. The reason I did that was because I knew that I not the theater release. You know what I'm talking about. I got gotcha. you. Um, I got gotcha. you. Some guy's gonna tweet at me and yell at me, but um, <laughs> welcome to the internet. So uh, I want I knew that I really wanted to see Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and I knew that if I watched you know four five six and then one two three, I would probably miss out on those. And I think that watching them in that order actually gave me some interesting perspectives. Like for me, Yoda is a very tragic character mm. because he was basically like the high cleric. Yeah. And now he went insane living alone on a swamp planet. And <laughs> like, so it's a very tragic character. Whereas a lot of people view him as like a hero. Yeah. And, it, he, and I'm not saying that he's not a hero, but he's, Every he's, hero carries some tragedy in them. Yeah. Well, he's he's so more Boromir for me. Oh. Than I I have some feelings about what order you should watch the movies in. As someone everyone has, I, I, I have feelings about order. I feel you like now that you, since it was your first time, I think you probably did the right thing watching them in that order. But Courtney has like a science to it. This is the perfect. Okay, this is the You're order. Tell me the machete order, right? The, yeah, it's the perfect order. The machete order is perfect. I didn't. Invent I don't disagree it. with you. Yeah. I just didn't do it. I also really wanted to watch episode one. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and okay. because. It, you know, some people discount it, and you're right. It probably would have saved me like three hours. But if I'm killing a day, <laughs> no, I'm you gotta. A day. If, if you if you want to talk about pop culture and Star Wars, you have to have seen it, which is fine. Yeah, um, you so are now the expert. Your yeah. experience. Oh, did you? Wanna? If, I was yeah. just gonna say, if you don't know what the machete order is, basically, it's built on the principle that uh, Episode One is a really awful way to be introduced to the Star Wars universe, but Episode Three is a bad way to end the Star Wars universe. It doesn't have a satisfying ending. So what you have to do is start with four and five. And then use the, then use the prequels as like a flashback, and the perfect time for a flashback, of course, is right after Luke has uh, discovered that Vader is his father. Spoilers, and he's having this like crisis of identity, and then you have get the flashback and you learn about where Vader came from, and then you go back and and conclude with Episode Six. 
And also in this order, you cut out episode one entirely because it has literally zero impact on the plot. You can The only thing that they mention in episode one that they don't explicitly explain later is what a midi-chlorian is. But they only mention it like one other time in the whole series, so you're fine without it. And I see that Steven disagrees with me, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I respect and, you. And that's okay. I mean, that's what I love about the internet, right, is – we can. I. I am of the positive side of the universe. Like I guess the light side, if we if I can use that <laughs> metaphor, because Ouch. I think that disagreements are some of the coolest part mm-hmm. of the internet, oh, yeah. um, especially I'll... when it comes to pop culture. I, for example, do not dislike Jar Jar Binks, Binks nearly as much as people do. Um, Boy, do I have not... a Reddit thread to link to you? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not even. I, I read the. Th- I read the Jar Jar theory, and yeah, <laughs> you should probably put that in show notes somewhere. I will. Um, I read that, but that wasn't even why. I appreciated him for what he did, and also, um, he clearly was put in episode one. They, I'm sure they had a plan for him to be doing his comic yucky yuck for three episodes, and the internet destroyed him. Uh, my theory. And I will – this is the mountain I will die on is that if the internet (laughs) existed back in the 70s, Yoda post-episode one would have been treated exactly the same way. And the reason for that is if you pay attention to Yoda – now, we all watched it forever. You guys all watched it forever ago. But if you watch Yoda, like his first appearance without knowing anything about how awesome he is – like when I first Mm -hmm. saw him in um, you know, A New Hope – it was a new hope, right? I yeah. Uh, no, no, it's Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Emperor, so when I see him in Empire Strikes Back, um, I already knew that he was like the high cleric and he whooped up on Count Dooku and was doing all that stuff. <laughs> but if you didn't know who he was, he yeah. was just a stupid Muppet. I totally agree that um, Jar Jar and Yoda come from that same – and this is totally cribbed from the Reddit, the Reddit thread that I read – that they come from that same kind of – classic fantasy idea of the character that you underestimate is somehow important in some way. Um, We never saw that with Jar Jar because of a conspiracy theory that I totally 100% believe that I'll include in the show notes that Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. But whatever, (laughs) we won't get into that. Uh, But with Yoda, it totally is like you you meet the mystical gnome in the forest and you don't think that he's important, but then it comes, he comes back later and he's like, it's the grand wizard. It's a wizard. very common trope. Yeah. It's a very common trope. It, I mean, Gandalf plays that role some way too. Oh yeah, it's um, totally right. It's, I mean, it, it, well, Joseph Campbell told us, right? All stories are basically the same. So yep. it, it, I mean, that's, that's a deep nerd cut that I just threw out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I caught that Hero cut. with a thousand faces is, was eye opening, but it, it, I mean, it, that's Yoda and that's Jar-, mm-hmm. Jar Jar was clearly being set up to be that way and the internet destroyed them and I think they backed off and I think that makes sense yeah. or there's the theory that he's a Sith Lord and took over the universe but we'll find out <laughs> we'll find out I guess on December 18th if we have tickets so let's get into that main topic of our dueling holiday gift guides uh, Engage Family Gaming already put out their gift guide it went up yesterday right Yes. Sometime yeah, this so week. That would have been yeah, the, the 10th. Yeah. The 10th. Uh, and ours is going up someday. I think, um, <laughs> in a couple weeks. In a couple weeks. We know. We control the edit. Nicole controls the editorial calendar. She's and not she's here. in the Bahamas gambling away our money. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys give her awesome. money to take to the Bahamas? Did you that, really? I should have. Like, Apparently, should've. she is. What? How did she put it? Kissed by fire? Or something? Um, you know, she's a beginning gambler. She just hasn't lost yet. Okay, <laughs> okay. Theory. Next time she goes to the Bahamas, I'm going to give her like 50 bucks. No, but then she won't be a beginner anymore and she'll lose it all. That's what I'm saying. 
That's all you I'm saying. You lost your shot. <laughs> yeah, you lost your shot. Sorry, Chief. <sighs> oh, well. Maybe I'll just I'll just have to take up gambling. Um, so. No. A couple of weeks, our gift guide will be up. We yes. promise. But Thank you. Stephen got his up early, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I was reading it. It's great. Yeah. So yeah. I think maybe what we Thanks. should do is run down our – we'll start with, like, your top three picks, Stephen, and then we can chime in with some of our picks as well. Uh, does that sure. sound good to you guys? All right. Hit us. So, yeah, I'll get started. Um, so I did not rank them, so mm-hmm. I don't have, like, a top three. But I'll, I will do the three that I think are – Yeah, let's uh, go. We'll, we'll save the obvious ones that we're going to rip off that I'm sure we're both going to have the same. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sure to- Toys to Life is probably going to be pretty similar. Yeah. So um, I think – what I think is the most important gift, like – and this is just thinking about constructing my list when I started the process – the the one thing that if they own if a uh, player that you are buying gifts for of any age really owns an Xbox One or a PlayStation Four, uh, I think the first thing that should be put in that stocking is um, a membership to the premium gaming services. Mm-hmm. Mm. And part Good of that point. is super duper boring. Like right, oh man. But there are a lot of kids. I write for a lot of parents that have younger kids. And there are a lot of parents that are like, well, I'm not going to buy this because the main reason you buy Xbox Live is so you play online. Mm-hmm. And so I don't let my kids play online. So why would I spend $60 on that? Right. So first off, it's going to be on sale somewhere every day from now until Christmas Eve, period, <laughs> the end. It's just going to be. I bought three years of PlayStation Plus for $25 a piece a couple of years ago. Oh, and wow. they stack. So, and you might say, oh, well, you know, he bought his Xbox One in June. So, because he was, you know, mowing lawns or something. So he's already Xbox Live. Here's what's great you buy them, you apply the code, it just stacks to the end of it. So it's a useful gift no matter what. Um, both PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live are, they're obviously they're tools to use their online uh, multiplayer, which is huge for teenagers and for grownups who like to do that stuff. But they also are both companies are good about releasing a suite of games that are at no additional charge. I don't want to say free because you still have to pay for the service, mm-hmm. but they're games at no additional charge every month. Now, those games aren't all the best. Uh, you're not going to get you know, brand new releases, Mm -hmm. Uh, but in some cases you will. But what's great about them is a lot of times they're going to be smaller independent titles that number one, unless you're really clued into, you know, listening to, you know, every gaming podcast you can find and, you know, reading IGN and Pixelkin or Engage Family Gaming. Spoilers, we're awesome. Um, (laughs) So reading websites every day, you're not going to see it. So you're going to get these games that are just completely out of the blue every month. It's like a new Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And for kids, young teenagers, maybe they're, if, they're, if they're not really into it, uh, reading online about this stuff, it's going to be like a new Christmas every month. Uh, and that's amazing. It's like a game of the month club. Um, one that I tack in there is if they own an Xbox One, a service that I use and is critical to my family is uh, EA Access, which is very inexpensive relatively. It's $30 a year at its non-sale price. Wow. I expect that there will be some sale prices later on. $30 a year gets um, – you're able to play every Electronic Arts game a week early for 10 hours, which that's kind of how a lot of my reviewing for Electronic Arts games do- is done. That is freaking um, awesome. <laughs> and they also give you access to the EA Vault, which right now, and when it launched, it was not a big deal, right? It was the 2014 Madden and FIFA and NHL, and they had Peggle 2, and they mm-hmm. had Plants vs. Hey, Peggle 2 uh, is very zombies. important. 
Peggle two is important, but you could also just buy it for 15 bucks. But <laughs> the fact that you pay your $30 and you get all those things. Um, and then they, and then you get all the sports titles about six to nine months after their release. Mm-hmm. So for example, I would never pay $60 for a Madden game ever. I'm a huge mm-hmm. football fan. We will not discuss our t- football teams on this podcast. <laughs> Me and Simone will fight. But huge football fan. I'm from New England. You can guess where I'm from. Oh, yeah. You know, um, we're, we're from Seattle. So it's, yeah, that's just I'm how not, it is. That's how I'm, it is. I'm so not dumb. And but, we're fine about um, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we can take this to Facebook later. You guys don't need to hear that. But we, we'll take um, this to Mario Tennis later. <laughs> we'll, take it to, we'll take it to Mario Tennis. Um, so the uh, – and I'll play Mario because he'll be wearing red and blue. Anyway, moving oh. it on. So um, <laughs> the – what would you guys have to do? I don't even know if they have Seahawks. Oh, spoilers. Hey. Oh, Seahawks. Anyway, come on. So, um, that's just, I'm picking fights. <laughs> so I'll, I'll never buy a Madden game brand new for $60, mm-hmm. but I will certainly download it nine months later and play my couple of games and, you know, enjoy it. And I'll play it early, you know, just to get the experience because it always comes out right before football season when I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Same thing with all these other games. I'm never going to buy a FIFA game, but I play it. Yeah, because I'll play it with my kids because it's there. And Electronic Arts is releasing how many games next year? I mean, we've got a new Plants vs Zombies. We've got Star Wars Battlefront. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there is they released Dragon Age, which by the way is Dragon Age Inquisition is already in the vault. Uh, Mirror's nice. Edge. There, and then eventually Mass Effect, which I expect that all of those games will eventually go into the vault because this is how they gain value from their older titles. Mm-hmm. They don't even need to print these games anymore. They can just leave older run games on their vault service and they can say, I've got 50 games in there. Mm-hmm. It might be that 30 of them are reprints of older games, but it's amazing. I can't say enough good about EA Access. Yeah, and that's a really uh, also, good idea yeah. because I think for, for parents or any adult who is not up to date on gaming and what games are good and what games are popular, the easiest thing you can do, much like you know buying an iTunes gift card for someone, is just buy them access to something like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold because then the person who has that membership can access all those deals and make those choices to decide what games they want. Absolutely. And they may not like they're not going to have a Christmas morning, jump up and down, tear it and freak out moment. (laughs) But but it will have a absolute positive impact on their gaming experience every day until that Mm -hmm. expires. And everybody I mean, I had that grandma that that subscribed to Nintendo Power for me every year on my birthday. Nice. It's there's something to be said about, you know what, I'm the EA access guy for your, you know, for a nephew. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I might do that. Right. Just here's $30. I know I'm going to do it every year. He can count on it from me. And Buy that's yourself our, something nice, kid. Get, get, get every game you could you know, get anytime you want to play a new game. There's always something there. So is um, there any one game that is on the top of your list? Yes. Like what is yeah. it? What's your top game? Um, OK, so this is this is total cheese. I got to talk about Transformers. Can I do that? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I saw that you had that, and I wrote it down. I was like, Steven, Steven can talk about this. <laughs> okay, so um, this is – it is both my game of the year and my, like, awful worst game of the year all at the same time. <laughs> so um, it's Transformers Devastation, right? Transform. Yes. The full name is Transformers Devastation. It's out on Xbox – one PS4, Xbox 360, PS3, and PC. It is not on Wii U. I have literally no idea why. Um, <laughs> and it's bordering on a travesty because there's no reason this game could not run on there. Uh, it is 
made the, the big key is that it is made by Platinum Games. I don't know if you guys talk a lot about Platinum Games mm -hmm. on here. Um, Platinum Games is the company responsible for Bayonetta. They're responsible for DMC, and they've done a number of other crazy action games. They their specialty is obnoxiously over the top nonsense. <laughs> so a that game about me. giant transforming robots is. Perfect. So in their wheelhouse, it's dirty. This game came out of nowhere at E3. Uh, I was sitting down in my war room uh, getting ready for the E3 coverage, and this thing popped, this press release popped up for me from Activision, and I, I had to walk away from my computer. <laughs> um, so I am arguably the biggest Transformers fan on the planet. Mm -hmm. Arguably, I'm sure someone will tweet at me and say I'm not, but that's okay. I'm arguably the biggest Transformers fan. I I'll love it. I'll give you that so, title. So that's fair. I'll take it. Um, so this is based on the Generation One cartoon, right? So mm -hmm. it's crazy, awesome. Um, you know, that's what we remember. But the cartoon itself, let's be honest, really wasn't that good, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, it's the you know it got better, but it uh -huh. wasn't that great. This takes that art style and is. Absolutely gorgeous. The combat is over the top. The only problem is they made some design decisions that spent too much time taking me out of the punching robots, mm -hmm. which is the best, and like had me augmenting an equipment system th through menus. And mm -hmm. when really it would have been better to just let's just have. But there Optimus is a lot Prime. of robot punching, right? There's there's there enough is. robot punching to make it your game of the year. <laughs> There, well, it's not going to be my game of the year. Okay. It's going to be one of them. Okay. Um, I'll, we'll be. I presume we'll talk about my game of the year when we uh, start talking about games that are on both of our lists. But um, I shouldn't even be talking about my game of the year yet. It's not a, that yeah, time. Yeah, it's but not even. The, Star Wars Battlefront hasn't even um, come out yet. But it is. The, the opening paragraph of my review is the best lead that I've ever had. Yeah. Um, because it is. It is the the definition of the '80s, right? It is the best <laughs> and worst thing at the same time. Um, and I loved it. I think it's a budget price title. If you are buying a gift for someone mm -hmm. who loves Transformers, yeah, ignore anything bad anyone says about it because they will ignore everything bad about it. The only reason I noticed them is because I knew I had to write about it. Yeah. Uh, if I was just playing this for fun, I wouldn't have noticed any of its flaws. I probably would have ignored them. The, I mean, the second boss in this game is Devastator. The second boss. <laughs> I wish I were a Transformers fan so I could be more excited about that. But I do love punching robots, and I am exactly that way about Assassin's Creed, where I'll ignore any flaws about them. So let's, Courtney, let's talk about your top entries for the Holiday Gift Guide. What do you think people should know about? Okay, so I kind of have uh, two separate lists. One is the, the games that you can buy physically as a disc and wrap up and shove under a menorah, if that's your jam. <laughs> And then I have a bunch of downloadable games that are slightly less mm -hmm. um, have heard of that I also really like. Uh, so in terms of games that you can wrap, which I know is a big deal to my parents, um, <laughs> Splatoon came out this year, though not recently. But if for some godforsaken reason you haven't bought it yet and you own a Wii U, buy it. Or better yet, buy a freaking bundle with it. I think, is it Walmart that has a bundle that has Splatoon? Is Target, is, right? Okay, Target... Either Target or Walmart has Splatoon and Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. You're right, it is Target um, in a bundle with a Wii U together. So, yes. Yeah, it's one of their Black Friday deals. Yeah, for 250 bucks, no less. You're basically stealing from Nintendo. Do <laughs> yeah, it. which I've always wanted to do, but their security is just too high. So I have to wait <laughs> for Black Friday every year. 
Right. So that's it's like an incredible deal because those games are each worth sixty dollars. So the the console itself comes down to like one fifty, which is cheaper than a handheld 3ds. So sweet deal, yo. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, my my game of the year is The Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask 3D. Um, she won't stop talking about. I'm it. sorry, I have a problem. But again, that came out months and months ago. So if you have a 3ds, you might have already bought it. Uh, more recently, uh, Mario Maker is incredibly popular uh, and really fun and well-made game uh, for Wii U. Oh, these are all Nintendo games. Sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Mario Maker is good because that also has, a, I guess, the infinite value of user-created levels, um, some of which are pretty cool. Yeah, so. Super Mario Maker um, is there's, – there's millions of – like not exaggerating. There's actually millions of levels to play uh, because there's so many user uh, – contributed content and it's not going to stop anytime soon um so that's a that's definitely a game that keeps on giving um but in terms of the digital download games um i have to mention keep talking nobody explodes it's awesome which yeah is, oh man uh it's um, uh, so good it's so good <laughs> watching courtney and simone play that game is one of the highlights of my year thank you i we, we have to bring it into the office for a holiday party or something so yeah. keep talking and nobody explodes is a game that you can buy on steam um it's also compatible with uh, oculus uh vr and basically, you have a bomb on your screen. One person is looking at the bomb and describing it. And another person who can't see the bomb because you're hiding them across the room has a manual that tells you how to solve the puzzles that will let you defuse the bomb. So Courtney and I made a couple of videos of us playing this. It's so much fun because it really comes down to good communication skills. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just about solving puzzles but also about explaining the puzzle to somebody else and then trying – and it's so cool. I love it. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful. It's it's a great party game, and you can play it with any number of people. It's also um, one of the only VR games in existence where you actually – like, it's a multiplayer game for VR, and you only need one VR headset, which is so smart because mm-hmm. very few people are going to buy more than one VR <laughs> headset. Yeah. <sighs> Correction, I think very few people are going to buy a VR headset. Fair maybe, yes. that's a different, maybe that's a different episode. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, once they all start coming out. I hope that VR catches on just because I was not at all excited for it until I tried it, and then it, like, blew my mind, and I mm-hmm. love it now. And yeah. I yeah. want other people to have that opportunity. But I realize that it's a really expensive peripheral, and mm-hmm. it's, it is going to be pretty niche in a lot of ways. I think it will get there. It just needs, A, a killer app, and B, time to filter down through the people who are able to spend all that money on it um, just for the novelty of it. And I just ordered a Google Cardboard. Hey. It's arriving. It's arriving in my mailbox. So that's the low-cost option yeah. for that. Yeah, that's only like 20 bucks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, it works pretty well, right? Mm-hmm. And it's on Android and iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's just like a little homemade. And then there's also uh, Gear VR works mm-hmm. with Samsung phones. Which is about 100 bucks. So that's like the next cheap option up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we'll be talking about that next year for the <laughs> holiday gift guide. <laughs> I'll study up. My, my specialty next year will be VR. My specialty this year was Toys to Life. But next year it will be VR. So, Linda, what about your top couple picks? Um, you know – my family is older, and um, we're not so much about probably giving games to one another as much as we are playing games together. So we might give ourselves a game that we would play as a group. Mm-hmm. So um, I would be all about Rock Band yes. 4 um, and or Guitar Hero Live, which mm-hmm. are the new um, music games coming out this year. And then we would also probably want to 
play a game like Yoshi's Woolly World mm-hmm. where you can just take turns on the controller and do some levels. And That one does have a multiplayer mode. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. we can do that then. And just have fun, kind of make fun of each other and our skills and, and stuff. And it's so cute. Yeah, it's so cute. It's really cute. Yeah. A lot of things that Nintendo has put out this year are pushing me towards getting a Wii U, but just the cuteness of Yoshi's Woolly World is really uh, appealing to me. It's so cute. Yeah, yeah. But those are the kind of games that you can play all as a group during the family yeah. gatherings, and mm-hmm. it's like giving a gift to your whole family that you can enjoy your time together. I'm so. imagining you and your extended family playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, and it's like trying to disarm a ball. That one, yeah, that would be fun, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's a really cheap game. It's not very much, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I, as I long as like nobody 15. gets mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you have I, to, like, kick that person out of your party. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to make a suggestion for Linda. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Linda, do you do you or does anyone in your family own a Wii U? Um, could you borrow son, the office one? My, yeah, I could, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually gonna, planning I mean, on buying one anyways for my home. So, but, yeah, we have the office one. My son also has one. So, so you have okay. a moral imperative to buy Runbo then. Runbo. Yes, that's on our list, too. Okay, I don't know about um, that one. Tell me. It's on the office. Runbo is a nine-player multiplayer platformer. Okay, cool. Um, with like a billion game modes. Uh, the best of which is King of the Hill, uh, where essentially the conceit of the game, and I'm sorry, to- I'm totally jumping turns. There's no video, so I'm not getting scolded right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm, u- I'm used to being scolded by my producers. Uh, but... The the, cliff, the quick version, I know I've been rambling a lot, is um, the it's it's all color based. So mm-hmm. it's a platformer where so the platforms are all different shades of um, you know red or yellow, what have you, and the background changes color. So the background happens to change to the color of your platform, um, then the platform is not there. Mm-hmm. So the primary game mode is you're just racing to the finish. You choose how many times you're going to run and they're, you know, like a minute long levels. All of you would run through the level and whoever lasts the longest gets the point. Oh, that sounds um, great. Yeah. And it is, you can jump, you can attack each other. So if you are desperately wanting to prevent the person in front from getting points, you can just punch <laughs> them so they plummet to their to their doom. Uh, it is a lot of fun. Uh, it's accessible. In that, it it's not luck based. The controls are really easy to learn, right? Yeah, the controls yeah. are super easy, and it's nine players, but you only need four Wiimotes. You need four to get nine players. You'd have a gamepad, four Wiimotes, and four nunchucks. And oh, that's awesome! A person on a nunchuck is controlling one character. A person on the controller is doing another one. I played nine players with the developers wow. at PAX. And okay, I'm gonna go start looking for was, my nunchucks yeah. right now. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I know they're there. You should somewhere. bring those into the office so that yeah. we can play. <laughs> you should. Absolutely. You absolutely should. There is also online multiplayer. Uh, that's a little mm-hmm. touch and go because it's it really the go, the fun is to be in the same room. Yeah, there is actually a review and... for it on my website on engagedfamilygaming.com. I guess is it okay to plug myself? Yeah, totally. Um, you can. We're <laughs> so all about if you want to know, you can head over to my site and see the review. I loved it. It's a download. It's fifteen bucks. Yeah, maybe totally maybe worth a little it. bit less. It's you got your family from what you have just explained to me. You guys would love it. Oh, I, I can't can. wait. We'll we'll definitely do that. Thank you. So my top picks are totally predictable. They're so predictable I don't even want to talk about them because if you've listened to me on this podcast before, you know that I'm going to say two things. They're Tearaway Unfolded 
and Assassin's Creed Syndicate, <laughs> which I have basically been talking about nonstop since they were released. Um, which everyone is very sick of. So Terraria Unfolded, uh, unfortunately, doesn't have multiplayer, but it does let you, uh, if you download the PlayStation 4 companion app on your iPad or phone or something like that, then a second person can draw things and, like, send paper cutouts to you in the game. Uh, They can take pictures, which will show up in the game. Like, it'll change the terrain to whatever picture they've taken. So it's kind of a fun way for other players to mess around with you or participate a little bit, even if they're not playing. Um, And Tearaway itself is just really cute, really lovely in its design um, and very creative and very touching. I absolutely love it. I'm so happy that it came out for PS4 so I could play it on the TV. Um, And then Assassin's Creed Syndicate, of course, is the game that just somehow took me by surprise, even though I am this person every year who's like, oh, God, the new Assassin's Creed looks awful. Oh, God, I'm going to hate it. And then it comes out and I'm like, well, it's the game of the year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Courtney can vouch for this. I saw a guy wearing an Assassin's Creed Unity shirt on the street today and I was like, nice shirt. (laughs) I love that game. I love that problematic game. So Syndicate, um, if you didn't like Unity, it's okay. Syndicate uh, improves on a lot of the things that, in my opinion, Unity did not do so well in terms of not only gameplay but also story and treatment of characters. Um, I wrote actually an editorial that's up on Remeshed.com, which is our sister site, um, about Evie Fry, who is the um, woman protagonist of the game, uh, along with her twin brother, Jacob, and just about her characterization and the way that her character is designed and just how much thought and care Ubisoft put into making her not just the female assassin, but a character in her own right and a really wonderful, entertaining, complex human being. Love that game. Uh, Definitely very, you know, M for Mature, lots of blood and swearing and all that. But um, Yeah, so for older teenagers or your adult children or or you, you can give it to yourself, Simone. I feel like if you're going to – if you're getting M-rated games for a teenager, might as well buy the one that's like – full of history <laughs> right absolutely there's a lot there's a lot of learning in that game yeah sure. definitely so if those are my yeah. yeah if we're talking m-rated games i also want to bring up tales from the borderlands mm-hmm. which concluded recently and i haven't finished it yet but from everything i've heard and also from what i've played so far that game is fantastic and i've never played any other borderlands game and i love it um it's it's kind of like if Firefly and Archer, the TV show, and Mad Max had a hilarious baby, <laughs> and it's really fun and smart and very rated M. It's for up 17 and up. But yeah, yeah, but definitely so much fun. So I noticed on your list you put Mario Kart 8, which I think is brilliant and still like such a good deal in terms of yeah. games for the Wii U. Like Courtney and I yeah. had so, so much fun playing that. And I think if you're getting a racing game, I'm kind of torn because I, I do love the, the racing and Skylander Superchargers, but the cost to get into that is so, so much greater than if you yeah. just bought Mario Kart 8. And Mario Kart is just as fun. Like, I have sunk so many hours into Mario Kart 8. More hours in that game than any other game on the Wii U very easily. What, yeah. what I think might be a better question for us to talk about as family gaming gurus, um, you know, we're all, this is a meeting of the minds, many years in the waiting, is the question of, uh, obviously the Wii U has not been selling terribly well, right? 10 million units mm-hmm. compared to what, 30 
million PS4s, <sighs> probably about 14 million Xbox Ones. So, yep. and the big, so the, the Wii U is, by all accounts, I love this machine and I don't intend to disparage it. I love this machine, I, but I am a slave to Nintendo. I say this all the time. Um, but even beyond that, objectively, I think it is a great machine. Uh, we have to, when we talk about Nintendo games on our holiday gift list, by default, that implies that the Wii U itself oh. is on there. It's kind of the unspoken thing. Yes. And I think that 2015 is an interesting year as far as the value proposition for a parent buying a Wii U, knowing, as we know, that the Nintendo NX is within 12 months. I expect, That's if I were to make a bold prediction, I expect that this time next year, if we have holiday gift guide the remix, and I actually get to speak to Nicole. That'd be kind of. <laughs> I still. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever said any. Oh, she and I have ever spoken, but yeah, I don't think you have I'm, either. I'm not. I'm not convinced she exists. Um, she's like a <laughs> phantom. Um, but when we do this, you know, the redux of this, uh, we're going to be talking about the NX, and so that makes you know for the statistics show right there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't have a Wii U and that's why I put the Mar- Mario Kart on Mario Kart 8 on there because I, and that that was intended and I'm actually putting up another gift guide within the next couple of days specifically talking about consoles I wanted to do that separately um and my bold statement is that this is the year to do it um mm-hmm. knowing full well that Nintendo, as soon as the NX comes out, Nintendo doesn't support older consoles. They just don't. Well, um, they do for a term, right, Courtney? Because you, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's backwards compatible with the Wii or the Wii. No, 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 no backwards sorry, compatible sorry. with the Wii. I see what you mean now. They, oh no, no, they they support. The, I ex- fully expect that the, the, the number one. I fully expect that the NX will be backwards compatible with the Wii U because mm-hmm. they want the. They would not have made Mario Mario Maker. Uh, which right. is, yeah, which is an infinity game. That's knowing because they knew that the NX was coming, they they, they wouldn't have done that. So I, I full I fully expect that it will be backwards compatible in some way. If it's right, not, right. then this machine is worth it just for to be able to play Mario Kart Eight and mm-hmm. Mario Maker alone. But um, I put Mario Kart Eight on there because I think this is the year to do it. It's going to be at its cheapest, um, and there's still Zelda. There is still there are still games coming. And the Nindie movement is going to be a thing uh, because there are a lot of great independent games. Xenoblade Chronicles mm-hmm. is coming out on December 4th. So people looking for RPGs, that's going to be there. I think that this holiday is a great time to purchase that machine, even if it's going to be old hat next year. Mm-hmm. Kids don't care. Yeah. And you're going to get a solid year of all you have to do is buy the old games. They're all still on the shelf. You can go into Walmart right now and all of their greatest hits are there. Definitely. And I, I think Nintendo games are really evergreen just in terms of graphics and, yeah, and gameplay because they have solid gameplay. They have graphics that don't age out or date themselves because they're so stylized. And like you said, those games are going to be really fun for a long time and they're going to be really cheap starting yes. either now or next year. So, yeah, the Wii U is honestly a wonderful console. We recommend it all the time. Yeah, I, I definitely want to throw out the fact that, like, th- there are thousands of Wii games available, too, that you can access through the Wii U, and then you have the virtual console, too, so it's kind of like having a bunch of Nintendo consoles bundled into one if you missed any of the old ones. Like, I can catch up on all of the Zelda games that came up for Game Boy Advance because I never had a Game Boy Advance, and I love that about this console. Mm-hmm. That's a huge value right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, good point. Hey. Yeah, I don't know if I, I I don't know if we agree that the NX will be coming out that soon, I but think it, it could. It's it could. within reason. I yeah. did a bunch of calculations. So, Courtney did complex Do we want to wager on that then? Yeah, let's wager on it. So I, unlike Nicole, am not a gambler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since I'm taking Nicole's place this week, I think that I'll I'll wager. Um, I'll say, if you're saying holiday 2016, I'll say not, I'll I'll say later. I'll say mid to late 2017. I will give you, I I mean, I, I will give you the win if it is after January 1. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's fair. <clears throat> I believe that it is coming out next year. Um, <clears throat> 20 bucks. Just, yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> sure. Fine. Done. Wow. <laughs> hey, I'm not a high roller. I have bills to pay. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. I, I, I was I, I was thinking of some kind of um, embarrassing, like, I was thinking of some kind of embarrassing, like, <laughs> Video game related. Simone embarrasses herself um, on her own. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I have this to make a video and say I was wrong and Steven Dutzman was right. Yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, we could. Yeah, I'll do that too. Tw- you could give me twenty dollars. Also, <laughs> I'll make um, the video I mean, and then give you the ad revenue off it. <laughs> that's totally fine. This isn't. I mean, All two this isn't podcast unlocked, so we're not going to do like an In and Out Burger. So <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, we're not in San Francisco, so but I can. If I lose, Mm -hmm. I will most certainly record a video for the Pixelkin.org YouTube channel stating that Simone de Rochefort is greater than me at all things. True. It's true. And that'll happen. You know, even if you win, Stephen, we still also kind of win because it means we get the NX sooner. So, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> we get part the. Part of me is hoping that I, I, I. Part of me, part of me, I'm willing to accept it's wishful thinking. I'm not. <laughs> An, a skilled analyst. Mm-hmm. It's just all signs are pointing to them needing to just jump out of that this market and get something out there now. Yeah, that's a good and if point. dev kits are already going out, I yeah, I, I'm I really that, yeah, I'm very curious about all the mobile stuff. But they're taking their sweet time with that mm-hmm. too. I mean, by March 2017, they'll have five apps. Oh my god! So, but that's if you think about it though, that's that's not a lot of time. Yeah, considering the amount of quality that they've said. I mean, they've said that they don't want to just churn these out. They want to mm-hmm. make new and interesting experiences where they're leveraging their IP. I mean, th- this isn't Rovio. It's just <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and I mean that, like, Rovio just churns out Angry Birds games. That's their entire business model. Nintendo doesn't need this. I know. Need it to live. It's not their entire mm-hmm. livelihood. They technically could just sit on a beach for a few years and they would Do be they fine. Need- I don't know if they could, though, with the – well, okay, I know you're being facetious, but in terms of developer really. – sorry, not developer, investor interest in their in their properties, uh, I think they do, like like they are doing, need to aggressively pursue mobile and pursue, you know, court Activision Blizzard with their Skylanders crossovers and things like that. So – I'm just tired of delays. I know I mean, you are, Courtney. I know Star you Fox are. Star Fox Zero and then their app getting delayed to 2016 and then Zelda – <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It's hard to be a Nintendo fan. Yeah. yeah. Any final thoughts on the holiday gift guide, anyone? Uh, I want to throw out really quickly that Zimbinis is an amazing puzzle game and that Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is an amazing co-op game. Mm-hmm. Oh and these will gosh, all be in our show notes. Uh, so come find them at pixelkin.org and you will see a large list of things that you could spend money on. Uh, what are we playing this week? Linda, what are you playing this week? Well, I... Uh, beat that 
one boss in um, Alpha Bear. You did, and I'm so proud of you. Still riding high on that. But um, then I've also been playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate as much as I can, which is not all that much, but I'm really enjoying it. I think it's a much more solid, better game than Unity was. I'm sorry. I know you like Unity. I know. I know no um, one else does. Yeah, that's what I've been playing. (laughs) That's it. That's all. Courtney? Uh, I just got out of doing like five back-to-back game reviews, so I'm actually taking a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, t- I talk about games and I research games all day at work, and then I go home and I want to knit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you played Triforce Heroes yeah, a lot so at I, work. Yeah, so I played a lot of Triforce Heroes for that review. Uh, I reviewed Just Dance 2016. I reviewed Human Resource Machine, which is a fantastic puzzle learn-to-code game. And then I, before that, I reviewed Lego Dimensions, and all of those stacked right back-to-back on top of each other. Next up is Mario Tennis. Heck yeah. So I have a little bit of a break, and then I'll be back once back more into the breach. <laughs> Steven, what have you been playing lately? You know what? Um, so I am also in review world. Uh, my schedule is obviously – I'm a one-man show, so things mm-hmm. move a little slower for me. Uh, so – but the game that I have been playing most recently is Snoopy's Grand Adventure. <gasps> <laughs> um, what is that for? If I t- it, uh, it's for everything. Okay. I mean, you'd probably be able to play it on a toaster. Uh, it <laughs> is. If I if I told you that it was kind of Metroidvania, would you be like, what? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of Metroidvania. <laughs> it's really weird. So, um, the 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 conceit of this game is that all the Peanuts gang like left while Snoopy was taking a nap. Oh no! But conveniently. Charlie Brown was holding a box of jelly beans that (laughs) had a hole in the bottom. And so the idea is Woodstock woke up Snoopy and Snoopy has to go find them. Um, And so you're following this trail of jelly beans. And so you go through all these different levels that are loosely themed after the different characters. So – Okay. Like Peppermint Patty had like her peppermint forest. <laughs> um, and I know that sounds like in a video we probably saw on the internet. But um, it, what I mean is it's like, you know, forest and like all the enemies, like they have these spiders that are made out of her sandals. This sounds so like, like a, a hallucination her- you're having. Well, but you know what? Here's the thing. It kind of is because the boss of that level is this floating Peppermint Patty tiki mask <gasps> that spits that – spits baseballs at you and so you play as Snoopy and you go around and the the big trick is that you get these different costumes that give you different powers that let you explore and they open up new areas etc so it's Peanuts Metroidvania costume quest ish yeah on a toaster the costume the the Metroidvania the game is not sophisticated enough that you're in one world you're going Uh into different levels but you are very clearly going to later on unlock abilities that you're going to come back – that are going to make you want to go back and explore earlier levels um, based on the costumes that you have. That it's so really funny. cool. Um, it is way better than it has any right to be. <laughs> okay. It's a, budget, it's a budget title. It's $40. I mean it's a $40 like licensed movie tie-in. Oh, it's okay. Just, so it does tie into the, the new film. Kind of. I mean okay. it's not – it's clearly designed to come out at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, we know how licensed games work, guys. Like this is – this is a pre-Disney Infinity licensing nightmare. It yeah. should be awful. And it's and really yet. charming. All right. Um, I really, I'm really liking it. That's cool. I, I'm going to have a review up probably next week. Cool. Um, 
Can kids play I, it then? Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It is. Uh, I, I actually find it a little rated Snoopy's adventure. <laughs> well, I don't know. It sounds kind of hard. Well, and it's, strange. It, it is, okay. So I would not recommend it. I mean, this is kind of putting on my EFG hat here, but I, I would not recommend. There's no reading. So that's good. I would not recommend it to a child who has never played a platformer. This is not baby's first platformer. Yeah. <laughs> However, it's not Mario. Um, which a lot of people assume is Baby's first platformer, but Courtney can assure, like, <laughs> yeah. Mario. God, Mario's like, so hard. You guys know, Mario's hard. And so this is somewhere in between. So I think okay. if you have a kid who has perhaps played some Yoshi or maybe some Kirby before, then I think, which which are more forgive, traditionally more oh, forgiving yeah. platformers, I think this is a great step up. Um, there are some very forgiving, forgiving mechanics in it, and there's no lives. Like you die, you just start the level over. Okay, um, that's cool. So it's it's challenging enough, but I found it mind numbing. But I've been playing platformers my entire life, and I consider them to be quote unquote my jam. Yeah, which so, is why you recommended Ori in the Blind Forest. But we won't get into that because I think we've talked oh about it gosh. before. Oh my gosh, Ori in the Blind Forest is so hard, but so, so hard amazing. So it's, the, it's Dark Souls. Yeah, but, for platformers. Anyway. So I have honestly been playing literally nothing but Assassin's Creed, so I'll kind of give myself a pass here. (laughs) Um, I literally can't think of another game besides like – oh, actually, you know what? I've been playing – this is – I'll I'll do the whole Nicole thing. My roommate works for a studio, um, and his studio's first game just came out. It's called Ghostlight Manor, and it's on Android and iOS. It is a game that's very spooky Halloween-themed but also adorable where you um, shine your flashlight on these rows of ghosts that are coming down, and when you shine your light on a ghost, it reveals what it is, and then you can shine your beam on them again to kind of weaken them and eliminate them, and you kind of have to strategize, like, getting rid of more strong ghosts or monsters like Frankenstein while also keeping them from reaching the end of the screen as they're scrolling down. Uh, It's really cute. It's really fun. Uh, You can find it on iOS and in the Google Play Store, like I said. Uh, It just came out right before Halloween. And it is hard as heck in some levels. Oh, my God. I'm in this section right now where everything is dark. So you can kind of – you can see the monsters in kind of a shady way as they come down. And then your beams of light obviously illuminate certain things. But um, very challenging. Very challenging. So that's what I've been up to. It is pretty fun. I forgot I started playing Neko Atsume. I'm collecting cats now. They're so cute. Courtney is in cat hell. (laughs) Once you start, you just can't stop. All right. So we don't have any letters this week, but if you want to send us a letter, you can uh, email hello at pixelkin.org and hit us up there. Steven, where can we find you online? Man, everywhere. So you can find me on Twitter at at EFGaming. Big, su- big surprise. Uh, the website is EngageFamilyGaming.com. Right now, the best place to get us, and m- me and my staff, because we're regularly talking to people, and this is an invitation to the three of you as well, uh, is go to EngageFamilyGaming.com slash community. That'll actually bring you uh, – that'll redirect you into our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And we – we, we we actually live chat every time we record a podcast. Oh, nice. So if you want to actually kind of participate in the podcast, you can do that. And your um, podcast is called Engage? The podcast is called Engage, a family gaming podcast. That's what you – if you search that up, <clears throat> excuse me, on iTunes, you'll get me. Okay. <clears throat> cool. Sorry. It's time to drink water, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's about that. I finished my drink. So – 
Yeah, it's uh, it, we're we're on episode. We're actually recording episode fifteen in about two hours. Nice, congrats. Uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, BlizzCon actually. Yay! Oh, great. Did you go? No, man. I wish I did. Um, yeah. No, no, no. But we're we're gonna report on some of the news just because it. Believe it or not, family friendly stuff happened there. Heck yeah! I mean, I know, you know. And League so, of Legends has fifty million players, so <laughs> a lot of them are gonna be teenagers and kids. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so well, League of Legends, you, you, that's Heroes of the Storm is Blizzard. League of Legends is Riot. Oh, you gosh. I'm a fool. Oh, my God. <clears throat> wow. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> it's all right. You World of Warcraft has, World of Warcraft oh, has approximately me. like 7 million subscribers or something like that. <clears throat> so I was thinking but, about the big update. <laughs> anyway, go on. So, so you're going to be yeah, talking about can, BlizzCon tonight on your podcast. Yeah, we're going to be talking about BlizzCon. Okay, I'm cool. most excited about Overwatch, but we can. T- I'll come back and talk about that later. Heck yeah, I can't wait for Overwatch too. Uh, and you can find Pixelkin at pixelkin.org. We're on Twitter at pixelkin underscore org. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash pixelkin. And YouTube, youtube.com slash users slash pixelkin. Or Pixelkin Org. I should have looked at Pixelkin Org. Pixelkin Org, but all one word. Darn it. Nicole's going to make fun of me because she didn't get it for months. And I was like, Nicole, get it right. And now I didn't get it right. Um, so, yeah, check us out online. Uh, check out Stephen's website at engagedfamilygaming.com. And thank you for listening to this episode of Gaming with the Moms. We'll see you next week. Thank you. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.